Apparently, it took the motivation of being on the edge of elimination for Australia to work hard to score against Denmark. Fortunately for them, they joined France in advancing to the round of 16. Argentina should be proud of their young men for saving the team in the second half against Poland. Saudi Arabia, despite they not they were knocked out, exit with dignity by scoring an important goal against Mexico. Welcome back to CGTN Sports Talk. I am Li Xiang, and I'm glad to be joined by my colleague Josh here. Great to be back. Hey, so when I saw Lionel Messi miss that penalty kick, I was holding my breath for like 30 seconds. Like, okay, this is the end of Argentina. Yeah, the the, the penalty was really quite weird because like Wojciech Szczesny didn't seem like I don't know, he didn't seem kind of nervous or anything. He he had the You know, performance of the whole game in that first half, he must have stopped plenty of shots. But the、yeah. penalty was like, he just kind of looked at Messi as if, like, you know, because it was a soft penalty. I don't think it should have been a penalty in the first place.、Mm-hmm. And he just kind of laughed it off, and in doing so, saved the pe- saved this penalty, which is twice now in the tournament that he's done that. And it felt very much like Messi's role in the team, where they're kind of giving him the penalty. They kind of give him free kicks if necessary. He got that very soft tackle. There was another one at the end where, like, Robert Lewandowski kind of ran into him, and then Messi stopped, and the referee called it for a free kick. Neither man went down. I don't really know what that was about.、Mm. However, instead of a feeling like this whole team is now just on him, like it was at first, I feel like this team has grown around him. Like now, for the first time. I feel like they've gone from being favourites on paper and being a little weak to being actually a very solid team.、Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the midfield duo of、uh, DePaul and McAllister. McAllister got the second goal. I know he got the first goal. Sorry, I'm thinking of after the after the penalty. He got that first goal.、Um, they were absolutely fantastic players.、Um, let me just check when. Yeah, Nicholas Tafaglio when he came on. Um, yeah, in the fifty-ninth minute, he replaced Marcus Acuna. Suddenly, he was just bombing all up and down that left wing, creating a lot of opportunities.、Uh, I believe he helped try, helped set up the second, at least set up so Fernandez could get the assist. It felt to me like this was the game where we went from Messi dragging the entire team along with him to. Messi being supported by everyone else, and whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, we'll have to see in the knockouts. But they felt very much like a complete team, a whole team, a lot of attacking options, a lot of ways of moving the ball, which is totally different how they were previously, and totally different how they were when they lost to Saudi Arabia. Yeah, that's true. I think it's a good thing because if say a team has to count on Messi at thirty-five years old. That means this team doesn't really have any resources, doesn't have any options, and that's a bad thing against those serious competitors in the knockout stage. Because then they will just throw whatever they have on Messi. As long as someone else in Argentina can actually send out and make contributions, they will make let's just make their opponents hesitate when they try to guard Messi and actually make it easier for Messi to do what he does the best, which is now not scoring but making plays. So yeah, I think the Argentina are making progress. Yeah, I mean, especially in terms of formation, because they had him as a front two with Lautaro Martinez,、mm-hmm. and 
Martinez, he came on late in this game, didn't really do much as as we saw. But in the previous games, when he was on from the start, and it was meant to be two up front with him and Messi, you could see that the two very different styles of play and Martinez having to be so far on the left so they could allow Messi space to roam didn't really seem to add up to much. When Messi got that goal in the game against Mexico, it was because they created so much space, but that by virtue of that, it meant Martinez was kind of nowhere near the box where he needed to be. Mm-hmm. Whereas now we have this front through with Di Maria and Alvarez as well as Messi, which is to say Messi is, yes, the center forward, but he's still basically a 10. There's a gap for him to play into, but there's two wingers up front who will hopefully assist him in scoring the goals. Mm-hmm. And in the other group, I was watching when uh, Denmark were actually the more aggressive team against Australia. They attack more, they press harder, and Australia were like, we will be okay with the draw. And the broadcaster said, Tunisia scored first against France. Then I checked the group standing. I was like, okay, on this score, Australia will be out. In less than one minute, Australia suddenly began to attack and then score. Such a dramatical turn. And it, it wasn't even a case of they started to attack and they scored. It's they got the ball flowing in the right direction. Matthew Leckie got it just beyond the center circle mm-hmm. and then just did it all himself. Like it was such a ridiculous one off piece of skill. Yeah. Because when he gets the ball, he's running and there's no one to pass to. He's completely on his own. Mm-hmm. Then he gets closed down, I think, by Anderson and Mailer. And then decides to just kind of keep it himself, knock it around them. And then from the tightest of angles, he puts it past Casper Schmeichel. And yeah, you can tell, like, based on the timing with the Tunisia goal, it really was a case of they were told they were down. They were told they had to do something. And Leckie just decided, I'm going to grab this game by the scruff of its neck and I will do something. He couldn't do it before. He couldn't do it afterwards. But in that exact moment, he got, if not the best looking goal, but probably the most impressive in terms of what he had to do to complete the football movement. Mm-hmm. The most impressive goal I've seen of the tournament so far. Mm. In the round of 16, France, which though they lost to Tunisia without the complete squad, I don't think Poland will cause much trouble for them. But what about Australia and Argentina? Well, that, that, that's it. Based on what we saw in this Australia game, I don't. I think like man for man, Argentina has the much better side. And also they've grown into being a real team. But based on how this Australia side plays... Like the belief they have, the will to just keep playing they have, like right to the 90th minute, they are hunting for goals. I would not be shocked if they got something from it. Obviously, I still believe Argentina to be the favorites, but I could very easily see them being frustrated and having to take it to extra time, perhaps even take it to penalties, just by virtue of what Australia are willing to do, just to be okay. 4-4-2, we're going to keep the ball, uh, we're going to get the ball from our back four, run up the wings, cross it into Duke and McGree, and we will see, see how, if that doesn't work, we'll do it again, and we'll mm-hmm. do it again, and we will do it again. Mm. And if we get a bit of space, well, we're going to take it. Like The positivity of this Australia side, 
it's somewhere in between and it's it's really quite nice i like kind of it relates a little bit to what i was saying yesterday about the us mm-hmm. just the positivity and the will to win and how that has manifested itself in enough points to qualify for the knockouts for both of these sides i think that's really good to see yeah um i do believe that australian players are actually stronger and faster than saudi arabian ones and mm. imagine Saudi Arabia, they cause so much trouble by pressing the ball and attacking anyone who's controlling the ball in Argentina. That's how they won. Though Argentina now apparently did much better, but Australia also much better than Saudi Arabia. So I won't be very surprised if Australia caused trouble and even, say, have the chance to upset Argentina in the round of 16. Because so far, that's what they have been showing me, like solid defense and sharp counter-strike. Mm. I mean, that's it. So far, we're only halfway through finding out who the round of 16 is. Mm-hmm. But of every game, this is the one that feels like it has like trap game written on it. Um, Argentina finally feel like they've got everything fixed. They're kind of done rotating. They figured out who's replacing Giovanni Lo Celso. Um, but there is still this niggling feeling of, well, we've got to get Messi our goals. Messi's still the target. Messi's still the top guy. Mm-hmm. And Australia just like, yeah, we've got this far. Who's to say we can't go any further? And that kind of, you know, unstoppable force mindset versus immovable objects in terms of the team. That's, to me, I feel like the most exciting of the fixtures yeah. in the next round. Yeah, exactly. Dream big. And that's how you can achieve more. Um, yeah. I don't think the loss against Tunisia said a lot about France's problems. But I do find there's one exposed that without Giroud, you know, Mbappe came late, but before or after he came to the field, France seemed to have the problem of not being too able to crack the uh, blanket defense of Tunisia. And Tunisia are not really the best defensive team in the World Cup. Is that going to be a trouble for them, say, maybe over Poland and in the further stages of the World Cup? Well, I, I think it depends on what Didier Deschamps is planning to do next, because with six points already, and in sorry, six points already, and in what is a fairly weak group, you can tell this game was designed to rest players. This game was designed to rotate players. However, in doing so, it kind of exposed that there isn't really much of a rotation in there. You remove Mbappe, you remove Griezmann, you remove Giroud. Basically, you move all the good players mm-hmm. who got them this far, and you're left with not much. The like you say, they whether it's because they haven't had much time to play together and found mm-hmm. it difficult to link up, whatever it is, they simply couldn't work their way through this pretty narrow, pretty difficult Tunisia side. Like, I guess they should have. It was, it was weird because the way the Tunisians were set up, they were just kind of clogging the midfield. But that was leaving a lot of space on the wings. Mm. Yeah, you have Camavinga, Diazzi as fullbacks. I mean, wingbacks. You have Kingsley Coman and Guendouzi out as wingers up front. They were really struggling to move the ball. Though when they did, they were getting closed down so quickly that I don't even know if Colin Wane had a shot on goal in the first half or at all. It only really came to life when they brought on the talented players, I guess, the star players on the hour mark. But that was right after Wabi Kasri scored that goal. Mm-hmm. And I get the feeling that 
maybe Didier Deschamps was like, okay, we've tried, it didn't work, time to get our real talent on. Yeah. But even then, whether it was too little, too late, whether it was a case of Tunisia simply just being tactically superior on the night, I don't know what it is, but they were so willing to just bully the French team. You know, Wabi Kasri's goal was just kind of a case of he didn't stop running and then he got a, got a, got a shot. Um, I highly suspect from now on, and that means either until the final or until they get knocked out, Mbappe starts, Griezmann starts, Dembele starts, uh, Giroud is going to be their number one guy up front, um, and half of these guys, we're not going to see them play again, unless there's an injury. That's true. And in the fourth game of yesterday, uh, Mexico and Saudi Arabia, Mexico established their uh, 2 to nothing lead very early, but until the stoppage time is the 95th minute, I believe, Saudi Arabia scored to, I think, literally ruin the dream of Mexico because they have been qualified for their knockout stage for so many editions of World Cup. Until then, Saudi Arabia decided, okay, we lost. We're not going to make it out, but at least we're going to leave a scar on you. And that's hard work. That's actually what I respect. Yeah, the the thing is, watching those two games, is that even though Mexico went out, and because of how it was judged, that's fair enough. They were, in terms of goals conceded, goals scored, points, whatever it was, it was all equal with Mexico. It was yellow cards that decided they went home. However, based on all three games, I still think I would have preferred Mexico to go through because... They looked like they had finally figured it out in the Saudi Arabia game. Mm-hmm. We know that Saudi under Hervé Renard is just defend, defend, defend. Eight men behind the ball, then get up to Al Shahiri Kano. Maybe if you get a chance, um, Al Dawasari, um, Al Aboud, like basically, basically like the the more attacking players they will throw on later on in the game to try and just nick a goal here or there. Um, but Mexico had those goals from uh, Henry Martin, Luis Chavez. There was at least one or two ruled offside. They felt, felt like they had finally figured out their style of play. That Chavez free kick was absolutely incredible. The goals that were ruled offside was razor thin. And if they could have just maintained that kind of pace, but been a step slower, I guess, a step mm-hmm. further in, Herving Lozano would have got that goal and would have sent them through. You saw they were finally figuring things out, whereas the Poland side were just abject. Like I, I said, how good Chesney was. Mm-hmm. Everyone, everyone else was appalling. Oh, like yeah. they were simply unable to move the ball. The only time they moved up the pitch, it felt to me like instead of moving the ball forward, it was a case of they would put two men on, say. Acuna, Molina, someone who was like in the back line, they would instinctively pass it back to say Otamendi or like Fernandez dropping deep. And then the poles would move up the pitch and just get played around because they were too static. Simply just, you know, you, the, the I've, I think which I've seen a few times in bad teams is say you line up your squad and you put them and you think to yourself, okay, we have our goalkeeper, then our defenders, then our midfielders, then our attackers. Mm -hmm. This felt like three separate layers with no one playing in between. Anyone who had the ball, 
they were passing it left to right. They were they were slow. They were getting their pockets picked every time. Bielik and Krachowiak in the middle were just losing the ball every time they got it. And then nobody could move the ball forward, be it Matty Cash forward, Brozinski forward, Zielinski up to Lewandowski. And I think which really, I think, revealed how unhappy they were. Mm-hmm. Um, let me just check. Yeah, so number nine is Julian Alvarez for for the um, for the Argentinians. He came off in the 79th minute when he was replaced by Lautaro Martinez, as we mentioned. But when the board came up for number nine, Lewandowski thought it was him mm. and just, just started walking off the pitch, even though he hadn't been summoned. He's still playing for his team. There's 10 minutes left. Um, he could score a goal with how the goal difference was working. He knew any goal forward, even if it didn't get them three points, would Man, widen the gap against Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. And he just looked like he wanted to be off the off the pitch. Um, you look at the that round of 16, I get the feeling that whoever was going through second who had to play France had a very uphill battle. I think this Poland team has basically no chance. I don't think they have any chance either, because this is really not too strange for a team like Poland, like you said. They're not the strongest team, but they have the one of the world's best strikers. The disappointment is this striker doesn't fit well with his teammates. And both yeah. sides actually have a lot of complaint. Lewandowski could say, look at the teammates I have in my clubs. They support me. They help me score. All I need to do is to finish the attack. And the teammates will be like, you're the best player. Do something. You didn't do anything. You only score your first goal in this World Cup. So this team, though now, haven't really released any news about uh, drifting the locker room. But I don't see that day very far away. Mm, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, Lewandowski, he broke Gerd Muller's record by Munich. That's one season mm-hmm. of scoring 40 goals. Yeah, He's scored about 20 at the moment for Barcelona. And here he is, unable to even get a shot on goal across. I mean, he had that one goal against Saudi Arabia. And mm-hmm. like, that is it. I can't remember him being threatening. I can't remember him being offside. I can't remember him taking a serious shot that threatened a goalkeeper. They are... So, yeah, it's like he is the star player and they expect him to do everything, even though what makes him a star is he hangs around the box and has fantastic finishing skills. He doesn't do anything else. Mm. That's for the rest of the team to supply. And they can't even move the ball up the pitch to him. They can't even get it to someone who can cross into him. He's just a total passenger. Yeah, that's true. And I think so much for today. Thank you for listening. Hopefully we'll be hearing from you guys very soon tomorrow. See ya. Speak to you then.